0: Hey y'all, welcome to Geek Freaks, I am Frank and today I'm joined by Thomas. Aloha everybody. And today we have much to talk about, including all the cancelled shows, we're going to update you on the Jonathan Majors information, we're going to be discussing Marvel and the Guardians of the Galaxy so much more. We're going to first start off with Thomas, we got the question of the week. What is your favorite sci-fi show?
1: Yeah. So I think this is a great question. Uh, what I thought of right off the bat, there's this, one of my favorite sci-fi shows ever, and I really like mind-bendy shows. Mm-hmm. And during the pandemic, I discovered this show, and it like quickly became one of my favorites. It's called Dark on Netflix. Have you watched it? I haven't, but they think they came out with another show from the same team. It's like in the same universe. Yes, 1899. There it is. And it's already it was one of those shows that already got canceled too. But of course. For some reason, I loved Dark so much. It was yeah. just such an interesting concept about how, you know, the present, you, you can go back in the past to affect the present, but also the past can affect the future. And so like there was it. all this like really crazy physics, like, uh, I don't know, metaphysics or whatever you want to call it, quantum physics involved that the the writers and the producers got this idea from and then turned into this like emotional story. So uh, yeah, I know it's such a mean thing. Uh, but for new shows, my new favorite sci-fi shows, I would have to say Severance, and then I would have to say The Peripheral on Amazon Prime. It's based off a book that's really, really good, too.
0: I love Severance so much, man. I keep trying to tell people about it, and they're like, oh, that's just okay. I'm like, are you kidding me? That's the best ending to a first season I've ever seen in my life. Like, that's so yes. perfect.
1: Yeah, okay. So when people say they don't like Severance for me, I'm like, did you get past the second episode? Yes. And are like, oh, no, I didn't. I'm like, you did not give it a fair shot. Get past the second episode. It's literally laying the groundwork for the first two episodes, which I know is a a big investment for people. But then it ramps up like crazy after the second episode. So
0: so uh, yeah,
1: watch Severance, people. It's worth it.
0: The final episode reveals are just mind blowing after mind blowing. It's so freaking good. (laughs) Yeah. Please watch Severance.
1: I know it has one of the best end of the season episodes of any show that I can think of in recent memory. And I like
0: not to spoil anything, but they actually pay you off. Like you think they were going to cut it short. No, they tell you what's actually happened. And I just love that. Okay. No spoilers though. (laughs) I don't want, I'm so close to spoiling it for me. (laughs) Star Trek Voyager. No surprise. You guys all know that about me. So, um, I'm boring like that, but we do have a lot of responses, both on Instagram and Twitter over on Instagram. We have Lori time said, I would have to say Gundam. I didn't even think about Gundam as a sci-fi. Oh yeah. Giant robots. Awesome. Uh, action. Yeah. That's a total good, good. Those old toys for Gundam were epic. Made me want to watch oh the Oh my anime. God.
1: Gundam was one of the the shows that got me into anime. Yeah. And uh, yeah, if you guys listen to the Joystick Show, you heard of Drake. Drake, that's like his favorite anime. And yeah, you're right. I didn't think of anime counting as a sci-fi show, but it is. It's like five kids in space with spacesuits and yeah. future technology protecting the world. That's 100% a sci-fi show. Yeah, yeah. I just didn't think about it.
0: Mm-hmm. smitty he does the land parties actually i was interviewed by them uh last month so you guys go check that out land parties l-a-n smitty says this is tough for him but he said he would have to say like battlestar galactica or the expanse i haven't watched the expanse but man that has a huge fan base that are super it really dedicated does. It.
1: yeah yeah some people who i didn't even think were into sci-fi like the expanse i i might need to give it another shot i've tried to watch i was like three episodes in uh maybe that's not enough but yeah. uh, I wanted to like it more than what I saw. <laughs> I, I know like, didn't like a, a different network take it over though? Didn't like Amazon Prime or something like take it I over? I think
0: Amazon Prime did take it over now that you're saying that. Yeah. I think yeah. Right.
1: And I heard it gets like exponentially better at that point. So yeah. maybe you, maybe you have to just like, again, lay the groundwork, you get into it and then you're sucked in.
0: Another show to add to the list. I've got so much stuff to watch. It's crazy. tomalach and Watch If You Can both said Firefly. Which was canceled Ooh, after yeah. just one season. That's bananas.
1: Right. Yeah. My sister loved it. And, and then she went into the movie. forgot what yeah, the movie was Serenity. called, but Serenity. Yep. Yeah. And yeah. she was like, it's so good. I'm like, oh, man. Yep. Yeah, I never, never watched it.
0: They killed my favorite character in the movie. And I was so pissed. But it was, but like, one of the, like, sci fi's got so many good MacGuffins. One of them is that there's a planet where I don't remember why, but they like got so lazy that they just like stopped breathing. And it was so freaking hmm. cool yeah it's just some cool sci-fi stuff two more we got ken turner said babylon 5 which i remember watching that in the 90s and that's one of them that they're bringing back right now and then cinema medicine said stargate sg1 so that's another one like kevin i think that's probably his favorite if not deep space 9 so a lot of really good ones there guys some of them i totally forgot about so i appreciate that uh and then i'm adding stuff to my wish to my viewing list already it's pretty great oh yeah All right, let's go ahead and get into our quickies here. Beetlejuice 2 is set to arrive September 6th, 2024. Matter of fact, we just learned that William Defoe is also joining the cast and he's going to be a police officer in the afterlife.
1: So, oh, yes. There you go. Absolutely. Like, what for what that. is it? RIPD or whatever? Or like, Which I watched
0: and kind of liked. It was like Men in Black, but nobody, nobody else watched that movie, I think. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. That's cool. I mean, William Defoe is a plus for any show or movie.
0: Really, it's going to be good. I mean, it's, this is, they're casting some really good people for this, a little alone the originals as well. Mm-hmm. Hollow Knight's Song got delayed to later 2023. If you're waiting for this game, you already know that it's been delayed a few times. Just, that's how it is. James Gunn said that the best way to watch Guardians of the Galaxy, uh, which is so good, Volume 3 is on Screen X. Are you familiar with Screen X? Is
1: Screen X the one where... I'm thinking of like 4DX where they have like sound and like mm. smells and like mist. Is that Screen X or is that something different? No,
0: Screen X is even cooler, in my opinion. It's where there's one screen in the middle and two screens on your sides. Oh, and he yeah, filmed yeah, yeah, it yeah. that wide. He filmed everything that wide for Guardians oh, of the Galaxy. It
1: does sound cool. Yeah. Oh, shoot all right, well, my wife wants to go watch it. Now I know how I'm going to pitch it to her. I'm like, I'm going to watch. Yeah, we're going to go watch it in Screen X, though. That'd be awesome.
0: Up in the Thomas, they have one. I was looking it up, and that's actually where we're watching, or Suisse is watching Fast X uh, in a couple days. But, um, yeah, it's Fast X and Screen X. uh, Oh, oh God, I wonder. That'd be really cool, because then you have the cars next to you while you're racing. Yeah. Um, But the one they're showing is, you know, that fight scene that's in, like, the biological area, the biological space station? They were showing, oh, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. like, the main the fight Corp. is here. Yeah, but then, like, can you imagine, like, you're watching the main fight here, but then Drax is stabbing somebody on this screen over here? That would be right. so Mantis cool. Right, Mantis is
1: jump, jumping on somebody on the right side yeah. or something. Oh, man, that'd be cool. I have to nice. see this. I've, yeah. I fucking
0: love James Gunn. Nintendo says the Switch replacement won't be out until at least April 2024. So, they didn't say that exactly what they announced was that they're not coming out with a new system for the next, like, two quarters or whatever it was. The math works out till April 2024 is the closest we can get one. And then lastly, just to get this one in real quick, we'll go with Disney Plus and Hulu are going to be combining because Disney is buying the rest of Hulu. And so uh, from what it sounds like is there will not be a price increase on the app. Uh, They're basically going to use the Star app system. So if you guys are not from Canada, we have a lot of listeners from Europe and Brazil and whatnot. You guys have like an app, I believe it's called Star. It's going to be kind of like that for everybody now. And it'll have all the Hulu content and all the Disney Plus content in one place. So we win for sure.
1: Yeah. With, a, with no price increase. Yeah. Why not? That's like a no brainer. Yeah. I'd actually say like,
0: even with a price increase, if I'm being honest with you, like because I use Hulu all the time. So if you're adding that Disney Plus library, I'm in.
1: Yeah. I want to say I wouldn't, but I probably would as well yeah. because we have Hulu. Like my wife gets the Hulu and I get the Disney Plus. So if it was just one thing that would honestly help us out. Yeah, uh, yeah, that'd be for like two bucks more. Yeah, we'll we'll split it, babe.
0: Yeah, that's perfect. <laughs> oh man, yeah. I watch really so much that that's that's my jam.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: All right, let's go ahead and get into the news here. We have so many shows being canceled right now. This is how things work this time of year. Generally, it's it's one of those things where you kind of wait till all the bad news comes in and then you just jump through it for the network shows. I'm just gonna shoot through these real quick and then you stop me if there's any of them that you like. ABC, we're losing Alaska Daily, Big Sky, The Company You Keep, and The Goldbergs. CBS, we're losing East New York and True Lies. True Lies they invested a lot of money into. And they canceled Did it after they? just one season. Yeah. The CW, we're losing Kung Fu, Tom Swift, Walker Independence, and the Winchesters. And for Fox, we're losing Call Me Cats, Fantasy Island, Monarch, and The Residents. This is normal, but one of the things that's affecting this, of course, is the WGA strike. We're seeing like expanded reality TV show schedules matter of fact survivor which we have a podcast dedicated to that is going from one hour to an hour and a half
1: what's that what's the survivor podcast called Frank? It's called outlast
0: podcast guys check it out the twitter accounts outlast podcast one it's a very good podcast it's nice. actually the second biggest one on the network right now so go check it out guys
1: right on so out of you you listed all the shows that got canceled right uh, yeah for
0: network one so far there's probably going to be more to come but this was like a big right. batch that came out yeah
1: Yeah. So out of all the shows that you listed, I only seen a few episodes of a couple. One, The The Goldbergs. (laughs) Yeah. And two, Alaska Daily. Those are the only two shows out of that list that I have seen. And I have not seen more than two episodes of each of those shows. So, you know, not surprised. Like I feel bad, you know, for all the people that put in hard work for the show, but uh, sorry, I didn't see any of them. I nor, know. Nor did they catch my attention. Yeah. Like Call Me Cat was the
0: one of them that I know was, was popular, but it was just kind of just another sitcom and on Fox. Which right. Is, it had the, girl, know, the girl from Big the the Bang okay. Theory. Exactly. Right? Like the yeah. Spin- yeah. Yeah. Bialik, yeah. Yeah. And she's now basically hosting Jeopardy. So she's busy as it is. So we don't really need her to be doing two things. It's just a shame. The other thing to mention too, is the CW is also like, it's pretty much finished now with the Arrowverse. That's a huge loss of CW's lineup. I mean, I don't even know what's left on that. Riverdale's done too, like that finished. Right. So there's nothing on that station anymore, in my opinion.
1: Yeah, who, I wonder who owns the CW. Because they're going to have to, if it's Warner Brothers, then why not give James Gunn a chance to make some shows on there? Mm-hmm. Uh, You know, this is no slight to Greg Berlanti. I think what he's done with the Berlanti-verse in DC was fantastic. I think Flash, no pun intended, had run its course. Yeah. And, you know, <laughs> we had seen what they had done with Arrow and, you know, Stephen Amell was out, but then he came back for a few last episodes. I don't know anybody that watched Legends of Tomorrow. I don't know anybody that watched Stargirl. I, I think that they had some great episodes in there, but, you know, let James Gunn run it over with you know shows that will connect to the DCU. I think that would be awesome if there if it is war if it is owned by Warner Brothers. I don't know that that would be my suggestion. Could Just you see? Because
0: I think Greg Berlanti did a great job. First off, I like Legends of Tomorrow. It's one of my favorites of them. Supergirl was okay. <laughs> so,
1: yeah, there was. I like that actress though. She was an awesome Supergirl. She was
0: a very good Supergirl. You're 100 right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and, and they they actually did John John's justice. So I was happy with that too. But yeah, that was cool. What if like they. Said, hey, Greg Valanci, you're going to reset the Arrowverse. Maybe not be Arrow, but you reset it. And now it has to tie in with the DCU.
1: Ooh, gets reset cool. post-Flash. Yeah. Post the Flash. Ooh, ooh, I'm so on board with that. The, the only thing that I hope they would keep, and I really do like this show. And if you haven't watched it, it's one of the best Superman shows I think I've watched. Yeah. I did. You know, I, I kind of remember the one in the 90s, but uh, man, it's so freaking good. But Superman and Lois. I really do like that show. Like the special effects in it are some of the best special effects for a TV show that I've seen.
0: In general, the CW has figured out how to make cheap special effects. Like sometimes they look cheap, but they're like, for a TV show, it's not bad. For a CW show, of course. Right.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, they they did. But even compared to The Flash, I mean, even compared to some of the Marvel stuff that came out, Superman Lois special effects are freaking good. Yeah. I highly recommend it, man. And I, you know, Superman. I obviously respect the character. I respect the history of it. Like there's so much I do love about Superman, but he's not my favorite hero. But the guy who plays Superman in this is like, is awesome. He like yeah. gets Superman so right for me. And the way they do Smallville is really cool. Uh, yeah. Again, if you haven't watched it, do check out Superman Lois because it's freaking, I think it's really freaking good.
0: That is a really good show. I would like to see them grab some of the lesser known or maybe easier shows to make. Like Constantine did one season. Greg Berlanti did Constantine for one season with Matt Ryan and it was fantastic. I yeah. I think it rivaled the movie, guys. And I know we're getting another Constantine movie. It's gonna be an Elseworld story now. But I would say give Matt Ryan his Constantine back. It was so good that they just brought him on Legends of Tomorrow and he's now the voice of he's the voice of all the Constantine animated movies, because that's now our Constantine just from one wow. season. So like just give him the show back. I think that would be a really good one.
1: You that's know? awesome. Didn't that kind of happen with Lucifer? You know, like he kind of went away, then went to another network and everybody yeah, was like, Netflix Lucifer is up. really freaking good. You it should got watch better it. on
0: Netflix from what I'm understanding. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Oh my gosh. I'm super on board with that. I, yeah. i I've heard news and this is just a rumor. I don't know if this is true, but that Greg Berlanti felt a little slighted by yeah. some of the DC news. And I think he did create an amazing DC universe for a long time where- people were kind of divided on the Snyder verse and, and we weren't getting a Snyder cut. I think he kept some of those DC characters alive and, and top of mind for a lot of people. So yeah, I, I hope they find a place for him in, in this next chapter.
0: Greg Berlanti, man, we totally respect you over here because you, I think, created a better DC universe than we got in the movies with a far smaller budget. Like the entire purpose of those shows was not to make money for CW. It was to make money off of the Netflix deals. Mm. So that was the whole point. They were were cool spending losing money on CW airing it on CW because they knew it's going to go to Netflix. We're going to be fine. Why HBO or Max or whatever you want to call the new app can't do that. Mm. It's just crazy to me. And I just think that there's so many DC properties that oh god there's so many small heroes that really deserve their own shows you know yeah. So I think well really you cool. know why
1: because uh zazlov uh made 250 million dollars last year and he's like yeah we can't spend 50 million somewhere else so yeah that's probably why oh zazlov just <laughs>
0: yeah. by the way james gunn recently came out because people keep saying like oh he's the new kevin fire he's like just so you guys know peter saffron's really the new kevin Feige." like i'm just a creative guy so they took what they did is they took Kevin Feige's job and they split it in two: the business guy and the creative guy. So all the like paying for stuff is Peter's job, making making a cohesive story is James Gunn's side of things, which is how I'd want it. So, um, but I just thought that was interesting because I know we always kind of just pitch it as James Gunn's universe, and I got to remember that like poor
1: Peter Saffron. he's not a famous guy, or whatever, but he's trying his best. I'm <laughs> I'm sure he's one of the most popular guys in Hollywood right now. Yes, I'm sure. You know, I mean, everybody knows James Gunn, but. I mean, James Gunn has said, like, uh, you know, I wouldn't be here without him. He's, like, one yeah. of my best friends and, like, best partners, so. So cool. Yeah, I'm sure, you know, like, if you can't get to James, you're, you definitely want to go to Peter right now.
0: And there's the council we've talked about before. There's a council of, like, six people that James Gunn put together that's kind of crafting each of the movies. Uh, and on that council is Tom Taylor. So I'm like, yeah, I'm good. And specifically, Tom Taylor's Supergirl is the one that's being used for everything, so it's like... Thumbs up from Frank, man. That's perfect.
1: Absolutely. Yep.
0: <laughs> All right, let's go ahead and talk about Marvel side of things. Uh, we haven't really talked about the story much because we wanted to wait till there's more facts coming out. But we're at the point now where there's some rumors that are actually affecting Geekdom, so we're gonna go ahead and talk about this. So Jonathan Majors, of course, uh, he had a dispute. Uh, uh, what would you call? It? What was it? Do you remember yeah, the incident?
1: Incident. incident? Incident with an ex-girlfriend, uh, let's say, until yeah. we yeah, till we know if it's an exact uh, uh I don't know problem or not I guess right, I don't know right yeah, how do we how do we talk legal terms? I need to bring in my wife. yeah he's ready to give me the right wording here. <laughs> um, <laughs> so just before we go too far, his legal team does say he's innocent,
0: but he has been dropped by his management and PR agency in addition to uh, several upcoming projects. so that's kind of the current state of Jonathan Majors. Uh, there has been video stuff that's out that shows things and doesn't show things and all kinds of stuff. So we're not going into that. We'll discuss that a little bit more when we actually have hardcore facts and proof. Now, to the Marvel of it. It has been rumored, and it's kind of being rumored by the right people, that they're working on recasting Jonathan Majors. Not that it's for sure happening, but they're prepared for it. And the fact that he lost his PR agent kind of shows that it's going to happen. Mm. How would Marvel be able to handle this? Because they put... they. First off, they already filmed Loki season two, so we're going to have Jonathan Majors there. This is such a big move. How are they going to handle this?
1: I don't think it's going to be as big of an issue in a way in terms of his character because we're in a multiverse saga. Like, that's the thing. And we've already seen in... In other movies and shows already, what a multiverse looks like for different characters, right? Loki has a female version. He has an alligator version of himself. He has a black version of himself. Like, there's all these different versions of Loki that have already worked. Mm-hmm. Just like there's already different versions of Spider-Man that have already worked. I don't think that'll be the issue. Now, the thing that I think that will be harder is Jonathan Majors. Regardless, you know, and I don't know if he's guilty or not. We don't know all the facts. If he is, like, I'm not on his side or or anything, but I'm just saying. As far as his talent goes as an actor, he's so damn talented, it would be really hard to replace him. Yeah. But I think I think that there are other as talented black actors out there that can. And so Definitely. I'm not for it. Like I, I'm not saying we should replace him now. It's like, no, but if they have to, there's other people who can fill that that role.
0: Right, right, right. Um, And then I totally the way you talk about the different versions of Loki, I think that might be the place to do. It. I think they could probably refilm the last couple of scenes or whatever to kind of be like that. I think the hardest part for them is they kind of bit too much off, which I think they did anyways. At the end of Ant Man, when they showed the room full of different Jonathan Majors, like if they didn't yeah. show that scene, then they could have been like, yeah, he's there's five different ones that look like Jonathan Majors, but all of these ones look like these guys, like that.
1: You know, That's you could so do true. that. would have been that would have been easier you're so right yeah i thought that was an interesting choice and and they (laughs) they went heavy heavy into jonathan majors and by all accounts you know everything was going good like maybe in another timeline that would have been a good choice but you know giving themselves a little bit of flexibility to you know have other characters or people who don't necessarily look like jonathan majors be king might've been a good choice as well. I know Mm -hmm. we got some alien one looking characters in there. Um, I think that there's another actor that can do it. I think you're right. I think Loki would be a great place for them to try to change if they have to course correct for whatever legal reasons come up. If they have to course correct, that's a great place to do it. And thus, you know we've already got the information that Loki's getting pushed back till what is it? November now, October, Mm -hmm. November, Uh, you know, maybe that's what they're trying to figure out.
0: I I do like the idea of them kind of throwing in some extra fun. Loki's like, can we get alligator Loki? Or no, not Loki? I keep saying Loki, but uh,
1: king, alligator king, alligator yeah, yeah. king, we'll like get how Crocodile fun- king,
0: crocodile. Oh, there it is. That the yeah, king. yeah, yeah. That would be kind of fun <laughs> yeah. too. So like a little ne- a wink at like, hey, we're gonna see some changes coming up, right? Stuff like that to happen. And there's a lot of really good actors out there. People are asking for the high evolutionary to have been a king variant.
1: What are your thoughts on that one? All right, uh, you know I. I try to be very political in a way about how I say things. I'm just going to say it. Like, I think that's a dumb idea. Yeah. I, I kind of hate that idea. Mm-hmm. And, and the reason is Chuck Woody, did such a good job as high evolutionary? He's so unique. I want him to, to just be that character. Maybe it's selfish. Maybe it's, you know, a bias, but I think he deserves to like really shine as his own character and not be compared to somebody else who's previously done the role, aka or Jonathan Majors. It's like he he's this character. Like, let him be that. And uh, you know, again, there's so many other talented black actors out there, uh, just talented actors in general that could fill maybe not exactly Jonathan Majors' role, but you know, that would be a good substitute if for whatever reason we can't see Jonathan and Majors anymore. Yeah, you know, it's like there's, there's a, yeah, there's a lot of people out there that could do it. Yeah, you don't need to like taint somebody else to to kind of fill that gap. Even though, I, even though he did a great job,
0: he did a great job. Oh, he did fantastic. It's almost like instead, I, I, you know, taint somebody else. I get that, but it's almost like asking him to save something that, yeah, then would get his hands dirty. He would then, I see what you're saying. Then be tainted by that. But
1: man, it's yeah, it just wouldn't. In. Um, it it would be a dangerous position for chick like he could yeah. do it for sure and he would probably do it great but then we're comparing him to jonathan majors and then it's like that whole kang position is a little bit tainted and then you have to explain why the high evolutionary looks like kang there's just it's a lot of story points that you'd have to solve in an already muddled real life situation i don't just that doesn't sound like a win to me in for defense
0: of i also think they shouldn't do it, but In defense of it, I do think it does make sense that Kang would have a variant that thinks like he can make a perfect future by going back into the past
1: and helping evolution on in the right direction.
0: Like that sounds like a Kang move.
1: That's true. Yeah, I do. I can see it that way too. But uh, yeah, it would just, it would feel, people would know the real life drama and it would feel so shoehorned in there. I don't know if people, you'd have to do a hell of a job explaining that in the story without without having Jonathan Majors to like back it up. Yes. You know, yes. to like kind of connect those dots. So, uh, I mean, I think they could do it. There's talented, amazingly talented writers at Marvel, but, uh, oh man, I just, yeah, uh, I don't, I would, I would hate to have to try to do that.
0: I don't envy any of the writers right now that have to deal with that. I mean, right now they're striking, but afterwards, um, or, or someone else's problem. <laughs> we were just talking about fantastic four with somebody on Twitter and, uh, they were saying like, hey, everything's on this one. And I'm like, yeah. And I have, no envy for the person who has to cast that movie because whomever they pick, people will talk smack about. I mean, it could be literally mm-hmm. a guy named Reed Richards. It's still not going to be good enough. You know, that's just how it is. Yeah.
1: Oh. Yeah. Yeah. That's going to be tough.
0: Marvel fandom. It's toxic as all hell, but I love it.
1: Uh- <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: All right, guys. Uh, let us know what you guys think we should do with the Jonathan Majors casting. And if you have anybody you think would be a good fit for it, let us know on the social media. We're gonna be moving on to something different here. We're gonna try a discussion about something that's not necessarily news oriented. Uh kind of give some background on this. Of course, John uh Thomas and I do challenge accepted, a really good podcast you guys should check out. We got some big goals over there. And oh, yeah. <laughs> for the most part, we record maybe half an hour to an hour and talk for like two hours afterwards about stuff. And yeah, or an hour before. Or an hour before, yeah. So <laughs> uh this let's talk about some of the things we were talking about. First of all, or the main thing we're going to be talking about this time is how great Guardians of was. Can you go ahead and explain what we're discussing today?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So, right. We were kind of catching up to talk about whatever the episode that we were recording, but we hadn't in person, or at least online over Zoom, how we do had talked about what we thought about Guardians of the Galaxy. Like You and me were texting back and forth like, oh my God, man, the movie's going to be so great after the theater. But we got into the whole conversation of, you know, Guardians of the Galaxy, God, so so amazing. God, we love it because of X, Y, and Z. And then you brought up, you know, it was like, hey, do you think that's the reason why people didn't like Multiverse of Madness as much or didn't like Thor Love and Thunder as much or whatever because of the different points? And then we kind of had this really awesome discussion. And I'm like, man, we got to put this into an episode because it's such a good conversation. And what did Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 do so well that while people are calling it the mid you know the mid CU or you know the MCU that's mid why and so we were kind of going back and forth and that's where the segment came up
0: yeah so we're going to be discussing what Marvel can learn from the Guardians of the Galaxy 3
1: yes okay. yeah and yeah and so i think it's easy for us to kind of just talk about what we love and one of the things that i loved about Guardians of the Galaxy volume 3 was uh, let's see the characters this was the first thing for me because James Gunn does such a good job of humor, and like juxtaposing to another director in in the MCU, Taika Waititi, who's mm-hmm. one of my favorite directors. Uh, he, I have a signed poster on my wall from Thor Ragnarok. Like I love Taika. That's awesome. <laughs> but yeah, but like Thor Love and Thunder for me didn't work, and this is why I realized because the characters in Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three were in on the joke where I felt like Thor in Thor Love and Thunder was the joke. So my thing is like, I don't want him to be the button. I want them to be in on it unless, and this is the caveat, they were in that role from the beginning, like a Drax. So Drax, you know, was known as the dumb guy, whatever. And then they flip it on its head, as you see in volume three, where Thor wasn't a joke in the first movie. He was arrogant, but he was still a badass. He still was one of the most powerful Avengers. He was able to take down the Hulk. And slowly, as time went on for me, I felt like by Thor Love and Thunder, he kind of was this big, goofy guy. He was doing splits yeah. and kicking. And and for me, that kind of dimmed, which is point two, the stakes of it all. Mm-hmm. And also, it turned him into a joke rather than him creating the jokes.
0: In defense so, of yeah. Thor and and the humor, mm-hmm. the first movie, I feel like the humor came from him not understanding Earth. And so, like, right. silly things like him slamming the mug and stuff down. But then, as he learns Earth and becomes more Earth like, I think the joke is that he's kind of a lighthearted frat dude. And, yes. and I think that we, you know, I think he was always that. Like on Asgard, he was always that. I think we see that in the first movie as well. But then when he comes to Earth, it's like, that doesn't fit well with us. That's what's funny. And now that he does fit well with us, we start. Now the joke is, I'm a frat dude that's like, party my way through the galaxy. Right. And I don't I don't know if that transition was done well enough. Yeah, I think yeah. it's a little it jarring. Felt,
1: yeah, you you watched the what if cartoon that they released so good. Yeah. Like I f- yeah, I felt like oh, yeah, he actually just he's became a character that. from what? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but that was the joke and that right. was the joke. Rather than him being like I thought Ro- Thor Ragnarok and this kind of brings me to point two, is that there needs to be stakes, like yes. true stakes for the main character. And another thing with Thor Love and Thunder you know, again, well, this is kind of skipping ahead, but the villain was, was awesome. I love Gore and I love Gore in the comics because you see how Gore is going around the world and you see him slowly fall apart. I still think Christian Bale did a great job of, of showing what he lost, but you see in this comic series, how Gore is going around and eliminating all the gods in all the different worlds. And I felt like there wasn't enough stakes for Thor in Thor love and thunder. I never once for me. And I'm not saying if you felt this way, I'm super happy for you. If you like Thor love and thunder, I'm happy for you. Like I really am glad, but for me personally, I never felt like he was in any real danger. Like I never felt like yeah. he was, he was potentially going to die. So why like, is always... that
0: in guardians three, I went in thinking we're going to see somebody die. I think that leans in on it. And so the entire time, every single thing that happens, I'm like, Oh, Drex is going to die here. Oh, this one's going to die here. Nebula's going to die there. Meanwhile, like in, for example, uh, multiverse of madness we literally saw a temple crush scarlet witch and absolutely nobody believes that she's dead by all accounts she should be dead but none of us believe Mm. that happened you know like oh there's a little bit of flash there she's probably she is alive we know she's alive because it's she's a big enough character and stuff like that we know she's alive but yet in guardians and i think this goes to the idea that one of the big reasons i think guardians works over any other movie in the phase four and now phase five is the fact that it's a James Gunn movie first and an MCU movie second. It's not interconnected to everything as much. There are definitely references to like, hey, you know, Nebula was tortured by our dad stuff like that. But for the most part, it keeps to itself and we went in knowing this is the end of the trilogy. So we didn't know what was going to happen, but we know there's going to be closure. And unfortunately, when we're watching Marvel movies now, there is no promise for closure because right. The idea is that it, there won't be The idea is that this has to keep going on to keep making money for Marvel. But Guardians went and told you there's not going to be this team again. And I... I, Are we willing to sacrifice people like Doctor Strange, Captain Marvel, Thor for there to be real stakes in these movies again?
1: Yes. uh, That's a good question. And I think that you kind of touched on a few things for me. And one of them is Respect to the character's history and the trauma that they've been through. Yes. And what James Gunn did really well with the characters in Guardians of the Galaxy was that, like, we were able to see the trauma. Like, we've seen Quill go through losing his mom and then, like, finding his dad. Turns out his dad's a dick. Losing the dad and then losing his real dad, which was Yondu. And we'd known that Rocket had lost something, but we didn't know what. And in this movie, you see what he lost. I mean, he lost his... His only family that he had to begin with. He lost his innocence because he was this scared little creature that was then given consciousness. He and then he we saw that him he almost lost his life. And yeah. so there was this fear of like, whoa, he really is he's lost so much. Don't let him lose his life too. So I think stakes are so important. They have to, they have to be there so that you care if the hero wins or not. And then also it brings me to something that you were alluding to. And I think it was right on the border is that the villains should have a personal connection to the main character. And I felt like Gore didn't necessarily have a personal connection to Thor. Yeah. He, I guess he needed the hammer, but there was no other reason he wanted to kill Thor other than, well, you're a God and you're not going to care about me. And this is kind of how I felt about Ant-Man too. Kang didn't really care who Ant-Man was. He's just like I want you to just get me this thing so I can get out of here. If anything, King had more of a connection to Janet. And yes, it, and the main care. So and she I should be the you- main thi- character. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. I mean, so that's the thing. Like, I felt like for some of these other movies, there was no connection from the main characters to yeah, the villain. Namor in- of like
0: knew their dad, not even any of that was alive at the time. Uh, if you go to all right. of them, the as matter of fact, one of the biggest highlights from Scarlet Witch versus. Doctor Strange is that it was like Scarlet Witch was betraying him. That's the only thing that really felt cool. And and so then it was like, oh, Scarlet Witch is now bad Scarlet Witch, which we know comic book-wise, she flips that switch often. But um, right. this was the first time of seeing like, oh, no, she's actually... Because, you know, when she's under Ultron's, that was like not even really Scarlet Witch at all yet. So this was it. Yeah. And I like the idea that um, that connection's important and also kind of feels grounded in a way too, where it's not just like... Thanos snapping his finger to erase all of mankind. Like High Evolutionary is deleting planets. He is killing a lot of people. Um and yeah. there's a question of like, hey, when Thanos flipped his switched his finger, how many people died from high evolutionary's people? Whatever.
1: <laughs> but what? he is killing a lot more, but for somehow it still felt very grounded and small in a way. Yeah, you're totally right. I think the high evolutionary we we see from the start of the movie what he did to Rocket. And then we're brought into how rocket is kind of handling present day. And then rocket gets attacked. Rocket's almost dying. And then you see the rest of the guardians around him at this point, they are all family. I mean, they say it at the end of volume two, so they can't let their brother die. And right there, it's so personal to the rest of the guardians. Like we, the whole adventure is around trying to save rocket and then rockets alive. And now he's like, I got to take down this guy who. Made my life miserable. Like, yes, he gave me consciousness, but he is the reason why I'm doing all of these things. Like, why I am the way I am, why I think the way I think, and I've never had a chance to pay him back. Let's and just so, real quick.
0: Let's make sure we avoid spoilers. I want to throw that out there too. Let's try to avoid oh, spoilers. We
1: haven't said any yet, uh, so we're good. Yeah, we haven't. Okay, yeah, I'll try We haven't said any yet, but the, the the stakes are personal. There, yeah. Uh, you're right. I think other than Wanda, which again, Wanda is not even wanda is not even directly trying to go against dr strange wanda is just trying to go to a different galaxy to or a different universe to get her kids dr strange just happens to be in the way matter of fact and, the, the thing that
0: didn't work in that movie as much as i like the character from the comic books is america sanchez uh chavez and it was, chavez, yeah, yeah. It was just because she was like thrown in she didn't have oh i need to borrow your abilities is the only thing it's like you know, other things can jump dimensions that you've already influ- you know, touched and influenced. Like, why yeah. would you go to that? Like, go to Asgard. There's all kinds of toys in that basement that can do it. And it's like, why are we going to that again?
1: Like, I don't know, man. Which is a perfect point that leads me into point four. Okay. And last point the main character's actions should stop the villain. So, I'll yeah. give you an example in Ant Man the Wasp Quantumania. Who who stops King? Like you could technically say, well, they threw him into that bubble thing or whatever. But what weakened him and ultimately brought his power down was the ants that Michael Douglas' character yeah. brought in, which was Scott Lang. Or no, not Scott Lang.
0: It was okay, I to it a,
1: no, it was Hank Pym. Hank Pym. Sorry, yeah. Hank Pym. So it was technically Hank Pym that kind of helped save him, plus Modoc. What Ant-Man did at the end was just kind of give the final push. He didn't really stop him. We don't even know if he's defeated. We don't know if they killed him. All I know is that they, they, you know, were able to stop him for that moment and then went back to the real world that they don't know if they fixed anything. Right. You like, I think the whole ending of it was trying to give you this, this feeling of, they didn't actually fix anything. Thor love and thunder. Same thing. Like eternity is kind of the one that, you know, makes Gore realize you know, like, Hey, I'm, I'm over, but at least I can bring my daughter back. It's not really Thor that stops Gore. It's not really Ant-Man that stops Kang. It's not really uh, Dr. Strangs that stops Wanda. It's all these other characters that are coming in that happen to be there. And I know you could say the main character is the one influencing it, but in Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3, it is the Guardians. It's Rocket. It's yes. Peter. It's Drax that stop the High Evolutionary.
0: And there, the stakes is not with the defeating the boss. We're not going to go into spoilers of it. It's about saving people and everybody. So like that's heroism. And so it's like, it's heroism. So it's nice to see that it's like, Hey, our priority isn't to stop this guy. It's to save these people. And I liked that. Like that was a huge part of their story was saving as many yeah. people. And and it was to a detriment of themselves, but they nailed it. Um, right. Like who, who was Thor saving? I mean, other than the kids of Asgard other gods, he was saving the kids of Asgard, yeah. but it kind of, I don't know, man. It just doesn't feel cool. It didn't feel worth it to me. It has so no, it, it kind things. of
1: felt cheap in like yeah. he could have gave. So you're saying he could have gave. And again, I'm not trying to shit on Thor love and thunder. There was a lot I liked about it. And if you like it, I'm super happy for you. Like just for me, you know, I, I didn't want to see uh, Gore, the kidnapper. I wanted to see Gore, the God butcher. So Thor should have been saving other gods, which is, you how know, and then making be, us. Yeah. Ca- for Gore. yeah and, and I honestly think if we had seen God's, who are on the opposite side, who are actually helping people outside of Thor, we would have cared more about him saving them. One, we didn't see enough gods get butchered. And two, we didn't see any gods help people. All we saw was, you know, Russell Crowe being kind of this pompous dick in Olympus. Which if you think about you know, it, like, which is
0: my, one of the points I want to add to this, I think Marvel needs to stop forcing the connection so much. Let's be honest, Russell Crowe's entire purpose of being in this movie is to launch Hercules' story and it's like that's a damn shame that you're going to basically take the center of this movie to set up the sequel there's a set up a future movie and so many of them do this the end of Wakanda forever is to set up the next black panther the end of i mean every one of these so far has been to set up the next one uh, even what i would say probably the second best it might be tough to say of phase phase four phase five which is a spider-man movie that's setting up the next next three spider-man movies is like okay now peter parker's reset he's poor now we get it you're resetting things um but everything's about continuing the story Guardians of the galaxy like you could continue that story but you don't have to you know we know how that ends you're right and you don't yeah. have to continue that if you need to
1: yeah where they do get the continuation and i don't know if it's a spoiler uh you know just say for the end credits but the chapter of the guardians is concluded. And that's what we wanted to see. What you want to see in a trilogy is like, you want to see something conclude. You want some there resolution for the characters. There's
0: been, there has not been closure, closure in the Marvel world since, since Tony Stark died. That's the last time we had closure in the Marvel universe. I think. Yeah, you're right. Chadwick Chad Boseman's death too, but that was kind of yes. a situational thing, but I'm saying storytelling wise, mm-hmm. the last choice they made to, to actually give a conclusion is Tony Stark. And in this one, we had successful conclusions to stories and they weren't necessarily like everybody died. They were just like, I'm cool with where you're at right now and you can live your life. And I don't have to follow you through that part. Like that's
1: such a unique thing in the Marvel world. It is, it is. So even though, you know, maybe a character doesn't die or does die or whatever, there's, there's still some finality to it. And there still feels like the arc of this character, what we've followed them through for through three to four movie five movies is is finished and and that's the thing you want to feel some completion to it for a new ant-man movie i don't know if i felt the completion it totally for me just felt like an episode one to a series rather than the finale of a series which i thought was was really interesting and then uh yeah thor love and thunder from i understand that you want to evolve the character, but now when you watch Thor one, if you just watch just the Thor movies, which I know you can't really do, but if you did, Thor one would look like a completely different person than Thor four. And yes, you want some arc, but you don't want them to you still want to respect the heritage and, and the history of that character, their base. Like I felt like I lost so much of that in Thor Love and Thunder, um, just simply to make me laugh. And it's like, yeah, I want to laugh. I I I love laughing. I love comedy but I don't want to just laugh. Like I wanted to feel something and there, and, and there's, there's so much there. I mean, there's, you know, decades and decades of history of making these characters compelling and making their rivalry with their villains compelling. It, it it seems like it should be a no brainer, but I, I think one thing that you said, which I super agree with is that, yeah, let's stop trying to make it just connect for the sake of connecting and let's build a, a story that's focused on the characters first and foremost. Yes. And then they're, you know, they need a want, they need something that needs to be driving them. And so does the villain. And for some reason, the only thing that's stopping them is each other. And I, I love that. I, I love that. Just kind of naturally built in tension.
0: All right, guys. Uh, what I want you to do is let us know on social media, Twitter, Instagram, everything, all links in the bio, what you think Marvel should learn from Guardians of the Galaxy 3. Second thing I want to know is what do you guys think about us adding these discuss- discussions every so often to the end of these we're going to be doing more of the top fives. We know you guys are big fans of top fives. Um, and just like with top fives, when we make a standalone video for those, we're going to do a standalone video for the discussions as well. Um, these are really good for times when there's not a lot of news and we're heading into summertime when most of the news is like, hey, there's a new movie that came out. Not a lot of production happens right now. So uh, we appreciate your guys' feedback on this podcast. That's how we make it better and we continue to grow. But thank you very much for hanging out with us, guys. We appreciate it. We're going to go first off. Let's go to our recommendations. I said first off. Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah, forgot about that. I'm going to do mine real fast. Uh, My recommendation for you guys is to check out the video game Celeste. Very short game, really. It's like maybe six hours if you're good at it. If you're like me, it's like 25. But (laughs) this is Mental Health Awareness uh, Month, and Celeste is a really good tale of of identity and also mental awareness and mental health. So uh, I just want to shout that game out. It's a really, really good game. And, uh, you know, look into it. Look into that game. It's always a really good deal. and It's usually free on Epic. You can find it at free often. So
1: Yeah, first I want to say, man, you made me want to play that Celeste game. Yeah, definitely. Hey, yeah, man, take care of your mental health. And why not play a video game while you're doing it? That sounds awesome. But I love that you brought up the example when we were talking about you know, villains and connections, uh, in the review or the discussion. And my recommendation is an audio drama on Spotify. It's, it's the, it's called X-Men the audio drama. So freaking good. The voice cast is incredible. If you haven't listened to it, it's so awesome. It tells the story of the first X-Men, uh, that professor Charles Xavier brings in and man, they kill it. It's a nonprofit. So this guy who wants to be a director just kind of brought all these people in and they're so damn talented. Is so good. Um, I love it. Uh, walks and all that stuff is so good. And then the other thing I want to say is, it's a comedy. It's on Freevee, which is like Amazon Prime's like free app called Jury Duty. So if you want to laugh your ass off, like <laughs> Jury Duty is awesome.
0: I'll have to check that out. Yeah, Amazon's—they're sending a lot of like Wheel of Time. They're sending a lot of their big shows over to it now. So um, we—I don't know if we talked about it before, but it's something I've been reading with the headline stuff is these free streaming apps are actually super profitable. They're like, hey, let's do that. Let's go back to ads for just streaming stuff. Okay. Roku's like raking it in off of that, so it's it's pretty interesting. (laughs) Let's see what they're doing. All right, guys. uh, Hit us up on our social medias. Let us know what you guys thought of the episode, and um, we'll see you guys next week. Bye.